listening to TMZ Movie Crashers. Welcome back to TMZ's Movie Crashers. I'm your host, Fabian Garcia from TMZ. I'm your host, Paige Cotton from 2Fab. Uh, lots of movie news this week. We're going to get right into it by discussing what we're not going to talk about today. Uh, there's, yep. there's a lot of topics that we're not going to get into in depth. Uh, we're not going to talk about Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's new trailer for his stop-motion Pinocchio film, as interesting as that might look. Uh, we're also not going to talk about some pretty big celebrity deaths this week. Uh, Paul Sorvino, Goodfellas, David Warner, The Omen, Tron, lots of other films. Kind of some big deaths. Those are some big movie icons. Uh, so rest in peace to those guys. We're also not going to talk about uh, Brendan Fraser's first look yes. in Darren Aronofsky's The Whale, where he plays a 600-pound, morbidly obese man. And boy, does he certainly look it in this photo. Uh, I kind of, I, I, I joke, I kid, obviously, I'm kind of joking around. But yeah, I mean, he looks, as they say, quote, unrecognizable. Um, so that looks interesting. What else are we not going to talk about, Paige? So you kind of mentioned this a bit last week, um, but the Gray Man sequel has been confirmed. Yes. Um, and a spinoff is also in the works. Yep. So excited to see um, when that's coming, what the spinoff will be about. Um, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm, yeah. I'm so stoked for that. Me too. And, and just like I said last week, hopefully Netflix puts at least a few of those films yes. if there are in, in theaters. We will see. Where we are going to start is with the big motion picture. This is where we talk about our biggest movie story of the week. And nothing was perhaps bigger than Comic-Con down in San Diego. The annual convention, sure enough, went down like it usually does. Drew all sorts of fans and costumes and cosplay, et cetera, et cetera. And per usual, big superhero movie news, uh, specifically for Marvel. Marvel uh, and Kevin Feige and everybody else else pretty much laid out the plan for Phase 5 and Phase 6. And he also confirmed that Phase 4 is, in fact, winding down. Uh, and it's winding down with, I believe, two more projects. She-Hulk, if I, if I remember correctly, and then also uh, Black Panther 2, uh, Wakanda Forever, which is coming out later this year in the fall. Uh, we're going to get into the rest of the Phase 5 and Phase 6 stuff in a second. But first, let's talk about Black Panther 2. That yeah. was kind of the, the biggest buzz. And the so trailer the ended with. Yes, the trailer was was shown and it was also published online. And we're going to play a quick snippet from that trailer, which is probably the most action packed moment. And we're going to talk about the ending here because it's interesting. Let's look at this clip from uh, Disney here. So, so epic. So epic. So there it is, the Wakanda Forever trailer. And as you saw at the end there, a lot of the women warriors of the Wakanda tribe, I guess, whatever you want to call them, they are, they're out Dorn. there ki kicking oh, ass. Man. Yep. And somebody shows up as the actual Black Panther at the end. Of course, that's big because Chadwick Boseman has passed. They filmed this movie without him. There is a new Black Panther. The rumors are that it might be Shuri, the character Shuri, his sister, played by Letitia Wright. There's a lot of controversy with that. We're not going to get into the weeds and all that, but it does look like a woman to me. I don't know about you, Paige, but that looks like a female yeah. figure to me, and especially with the nails kind of longer. I think they're kind of accentuating the fact that this is a female 
Black Panther, which is exciting. What do you think? Is that Shuri there? Or is that someone else? Yeah. So that was always like the number one uh, rumor because Shuri becomes Black Panther in the comics. Right. So um, that's what people are expecting. It's definitely a female figure. I definitely agree with that. Um, some people were also, because I've seen a lot of uh, TikToks about it as well. Some people are also thinking it could possibly be Nakia. But I mm. definitely think it's going to be Shuri. And then yeah. I also um, saw some people saying that um, maybe like Nakia is pregnant with like, um, um, I was going to say Chadwick, with um, T'Challa's baby. And then right. Shuri will take the mantle of Black Panther. And then after the the boy or son comes with age, then maybe like, that was just a prediction. Maybe then his descendant will become the Black Panther after Shuri, which I thought was interesting as well. Well, that, um, that is actually an interesting theory. I, I hadn't even heard about that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. if they want to get it back to a male Black Panther, which frankly, I think they do. That's kind of what the character is known for. Um, and I think they kind of want to honor that, that, you know, original storyline. Yeah. I think that makes sense to me. Like, let's get it. Let's get it back to the air. Let's do a movie, maybe a filler with Shuri and kind of temporarily filling in. And then maybe for the third like movie. The end or something. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe the kid will be born or something. And then by the third movie, because you got to imagine this, this movie will probably do well. I'm definitely going to see it. I'm hyped just from the trailer. It looks very epic. I'm so, um, so hyped. Yeah, me too. And, and yeah, that makes sense. Actually, what you're describing the theory that like, there's an heir. He will eventually become the Black Panther, maybe for like future installments. Um, okay, so if that's in fact the case, that actually kind of calms my down, my hot take down just a little bit. The hot take I was going to come in with on the Black Panther thing was, look, I from the get go, I am very much on the side of the people who want to quote unquote recast T'Challa. Uh, there's a very viral. I am. There's a viral hashtag campaign that has been kind of bubbling up for the past several months now, maybe the past year and a half or so. Um, ever it's since still trending every once in a while, it is all the time. Ever since Chadwick passed, it has kind of popped up, and people said that yes, like it's an, it's a, obviously unfortunate that Chadwick died, and that's very tragic. And yes, he did a great job, but his story with that particular character should not end with him. They should have people say that he they should have just recast him, kept that character going because the character is bigger than Chadwick. It means more than just Chadwick's contribution to it. You know what I mean? And even though I know Disney said we're never going to recast T'Challa because it's so intrinsically tied to Chadwick. Some people say that's BS. It's like, and I don't know if, if Disney actually believes that or not, or if they were just doing that to like, they didn't want to ruffle feathers at the time, because frankly, I got to be honest in in this situation, whether they would have recast them or not recast them, I feel like they were going to get backlash either way. Perhaps they would have gotten more backlash by immediately. Never please everyone. <laughs> I know you never can. It's kind of like you're damned if you do damned if you don't. And I feel like but if they would have, if they would have recast them immediately, even though I think they would, they should have done that in hindsight and just big picture, uh, big motion picture. Uh, I, I do think that they would have suffered a lot more, a lot swifter backlash and a lot more ferocious backlash in the moment. People would have been super angry, especially on the heels of him actually dying. So maybe what they're doing here is they are going to sort of recast him, but they're going to do it in a bit of a roundabout way with Shuri kind of filling in for a little bit and maybe eventually some kind of an heir eventually coming along and becoming the male Black Panther once again. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah, someone also said like M'Baku and I'm like, there's no way M'Baku is in that suit. Like, no, no, no. no. Like that is no, he's, no that's he's definitely too, he's too big for all that. that. I agree. No. So, yeah. so there's Black Panther news. And then beyond that, they also got to phase five. Um, man, I, yeah. I, have the, I have the titles pulled up here somewhere. Let me take a quick so, look. Phase five, phase five and phase six. He uh -huh. basically said that 
that's going to be the multiverse saga phase four, yes. five, and six. And they, Kevin Feige, first of all, announced more than fans were expecting because D23 is coming up. People that don't know, that's like Disney's like Comic Con for like all their like IPs and stuff. Right. And obviously, they're saving some like cast announcements, like Fantastic Four. They're probably saving for that, uh, Thunderbolts cast, things like that. But they announced a lot more than I was expecting and some other they fans did. were expecting as well. Um, of course, the two big ones, in my opinion, were Avengers 5 and 6. Five, the King Dynasty, and six, Secret Wars, which we've been talking about Secret Wars. We're wondering yes. where is this saga leading? And we kind of know, and I'm curious to see what you hear about this, uh, what you think about this, because I know you kept asking, who's the big bad, Pete? Who's the big bad? And right. now we we got our big bad. King the Conqueror is the big bad. Yes. And played by Jonathan Majors. He's yes. phenomenal Loki. Can't wait to see him in Ant-Man Quantumania. And obviously, he'll probably be in other, in other films as well. Um, but the big bad in Secret Wars... Um, could also be possibly be Doctor Doom in there too, because that's right. including the entire saga. So, um, but I'm way more hyped. I'm like, I feel better knowing that there's this, there's an actual plan, and I kind of feel like, like they didn't like go into detail, of course, about a lot of things, but having that up there, we're like, okay, okay, for sure. So there's a plan. There's a path. Hundred percent. There's definitely a path, and like you say, Kevin Feige and company laid out it. They laid it all out crystal clear. And look, the thing for me yeah. is I still feel like they're kind of meandering their way there. They're not like phase four still was a mess. It doesn't cohesively make sense. It, it still doesn't cohesively yeah. make sense to get I to agree. where he says we're going. But wherever we're going there, I guess. And maybe phase five, we'll see if they actually clear it up. Um, I'm actually excited by Jonathan Majors, too, as King the Conqueror. Apparently, he's a he's a badass of a supervillain, like up there with like Thanos, like just mercs people, whoops ass, like very difficult to take him out. And apparently it's going to take two more Avengers movies to kind of resolve this whole issue. So I'm, I'm curious to see where that goes. Obviously, we have many more years. What this means is that we have many more years of Marvel content. And uh, essentially, How do you it's, feel it's, about it's, that? I don't know. I mean, honestly, like it, it kind of feels like a bit of a rehash to me, like because I, I feel like what they're doing is they're just kind of sort of rehashing or sort of recycling the 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 beats, if you will, that led up to uh, Endgame and, you know, Infinity War and all that. I feel like they're just kind of doing the same thing again. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I agree with that. I guess we'll see what actually comes out in the movies themselves. Cause if if it's a lot of the same sort of, I don't know. I just, it's gotta be different. Cause if if I see this in a few years from now, I'm like, eh, it's kind of the same shit as, as event as the the first last two Avengers movies were. So I don't know. I guess we'll see, but I'm not super jazzed. I'm, I'm jazzed about the casting of Jonathan, Jonathan majors. Who's actually going to make his first appearance in the new Ant-Man movie, which actually comes out in February. Loki. He's in Loki. Oh, okay. So, okay. So, is yeah, he is the he Loki Kang, show? Is he Kang in the in the show? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, like kind of, but like he is, but he's like not. Like they allude to it, but he's got it. It's he's Kang. Yeah. Yeah. He has, yeah, like, yeah. Many names, and he talks about that. But he's like awesome in Loki. Okay. At the end, and he doesn't even do much. Like he doesn't do a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, if there's a show you're gonna watch, I feel like you would like Loki the best. Just saying that it has Owen Wilson in it. Right. It's like kind of. Um, it's different than the other ones. Okay. Um, but that's one thing that's a big difference that we have here is we have all these TV shows and we didn't have those in the past for the Infinity Saga, which right. could be a good thing and it could be a bad thing because some of these shows, especially in Phase 4, like don't connect at all to the movies. And that's what they were right. promised to and they didn't. So let's let's hope that the shows actually will connect like they're supposed to. Um, right. And, you know, if they don't, then that's just like, okay, we you could have, you know, we didn't need that, you know? Right. So... 
So, yeah, I guess we'll see what comes of that. Uh, Marvel laid out their plan. They gave they gave their fans a mouthful to chew on for a while. Uh, and we have a lot of content coming our way. So we will monitor that. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment, the Hollywood Hoedown. This is where we talk about breakout stories of the week, breakout movie stories. And I got to say, this one I'm excited about. This is probably the juicier story of the two segments today. This is hot it's gossip tea. tea. This is scalding tea. And this is this is great if you love drama, whether it's made up drama or not. Who knows? We're going to yeah. get into that. But essentially what we're talking about here is this a alleged and rumored uh, beef, I guess you could say, between mm-hmm. Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde, both of whom are part of Don't Worry Darling. Olivia Wilde obviously being the director of that film, also starring in it. But Florence Pugh being the lead actress in it. And of course, Harry Styles, who is Olivia Wilde's real life boyfriend is also the co-lead so here's the deal uh the the second trailer for this movie came out i believe five days ago about a little less than a week ago right it was a lot a lot more visuals were shown etc etc and look you you on the surface if you weren't paying attention to this you probably didn't notice anything but eagle-eyed fans or dare i say eagle-eyed busybodies whatever you want to call them they they noticed something they noticed something essentially what this what's going yeah. on allegedly and rumored is that florence Pugh is not and this is not even rumored this is actually fact you just look at her her socials and you can kind of see this yeah she is not promoting this movie she is not promoting this movie she seems to maybe kind of be going out of her way not to promote it and by the way the reason that's that's even more uh, kind of propped up the fact that she's not promoting it is because she's actually promoting other movies that she's involved in that are also coming out. So she's promoting those movies that are coming out. And yet the bigger, more drama, the, the actual real life drama movie, which frankly can maybe get her a little Oscar buzz. And, and as opposed to like yeah. Puss in Boots, which is just like, a, it's a voice, it's a voice acting role. Or Oppenheimer. Exactly. Like, Oppenheimer. That's not that, next year. Exactly. It doesn't come out for a full year. <laughs> and yet Florence Pugh is promoting those movies, Oppenheimer, the Christopher Nolan movie, and also Puss in Boots. But don't worry, darling, which is coming out, I believe this year. It's coming out soon. September. Yes, it's it's coming out. It's premiering September. at the Venice Film Festival. It's, exactly. It, it is premiering. We're yeah. talking about it in a second. But yeah, Florence Pugh is not promoting this movie. She did do a little plug back, I believe, like when the first teaser trailer came out a long while so ago. Not this year. Nothing I don't think this so. year. Nothing this year yeah. in 2022. She has mm-hmm. not been promoting anything. Meanwhile, Olivia Wilde and I believe even uh Harry Styles, they have been they have been promoting on their socials, trying to get a little bit buzz. And obviously Olivia has been the heaviest one posting clips, posting behind the scenes footage. Let, before we get into the, all the, the details of what, what this is supposed to be, let's there. TikTok has kind of taken a hold of this topic and really become the authority figure. Sort of let's listen to one of these TikTokers explain the drama. It's actually super interesting. Let's take a look at that right now. I'm in the middle of moving, but we have to talk about the Don't Worry Darling tea. <laughs> Every time something new has come out about Don't Worry Darling, Florence has posted about a different project on her stories. And today she posted the Oppenheimer movie poster thing. I caught it pretty early on, right after the Don't Worry Darling trailer dropped. And Olivia Wilde afterwards goes on and posts this like, I loved working with you, Florence. You were fantastic post. Her team is working overtime to try and make us think there's no beef between these two. So there you go. Uh, apparently, as Don't Worry Darling trailers and things have been kind of coming out, apparently what Florence has been doing on social is one, ignoring it, not posting it, not promoting it on her own social page, but two, seemingly posting 
of like promoting other projects that she's doing right as those don't worry, darling moments are popping up. And, and here, and here's Olivia Wilde. This is still on her Instagram. She's got a behind the scenes shot of her looking into the monitor and she's, she's praising, she's singing Florence's praises saying, Oh my God, this, this actress is amazing. I love working with you. And she actually tags Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh did not like that post has not responded. Mm-hmm. And apparently um, Olivia has been tagging her in a few different things that Florence is ignoring completely total, yep. total snubbing. It's insane. So, so look, go ahead, Paige. What, what do you think about all this? Is this, is this well, all just much to do about nothing or what? Okay, so first I want to note that this, because of this whole Florence posting the other films and obviously seemingly ignoring, um, which I'll explain my thoughts on that. Um, seemingly ignoring that. Don't worry, darling. The whole, all these rumors about feud between them, um, between Olivia and Florence, this has been going on for a while. Apparently, there have been reports of rumors like for months. I actually went to a bachelorette party over the weekend and my friend was like deeply invested in this and she broke down the soul. She's like, you didn't know about this? And I was like, no. And I'm like, I I work in like entertainment journalism. How do I know this? She's like, oh my God. And she's like breaking this whole thing down. And I was like, Jesus is insane. But it seems like this is coming back up, especially on TikTok, because the film's mm. approaching and Florence is not posting um, right. about the film. So honestly, like at first, when my friend first told me this, I was first, she's first explaining it to me and breaking it all down. And we can talk about some of the alleged rumors but about things that happened, but allegedly happened. But, you know, at first I was like, okay, come on. Like, that's just gossip, blah, blah, right, blah. Right. But then... When Florence is like, it's pretty clear that she's not thrilled about this. And I whatever so. possibly happened, she's not posting on purpose. Like she has some awesome posts. Like I freaking love Florence. I will get back to that. Yeah. But the fact that she's not posting is clear. And the fact it, it's clear as day what her thoughts are. And it's even more what's even more wild. <laughs> Olivia Wild. Yeah. No um, pun what's even intended. more wild is Olivia is like, it seems like she's like kissing her ass. Like being she like, is. oh my God, like I loved like freaking working with you. Like da da da. And then Florence doesn't yes. like it. Like it's not like she like posted like a cast like group photo, like, can't wait for you guys to see this film. She literally posted directly a, a post directly about Florence and Florence ignored it and posts something else. Like that's yeah. I mean, look, it I gotta seems be, like I, her, her views are clear that I, there's I do, something going on. I do th- agree. I think something is in fact going on now as to what as to what is actually going on. And more importantly, why that's where the, the gossip and the, the rumors really kick it's in. Just, so I'll, I'll quickly lay out like what this is supposedly all about. Again, depending on what rumor you want to buy some pe- things. Yeah. Some people yeah. claiming to be part of the production of that film because this movie was shot like a while ago, I believe. I think it was might have been shot like two years ago or something like that, at least. Um, but some of the rumors from people claiming to have been part of that production, whether they're PAs or crew members or whatever, what the, what some people have come out and claimed is that supposedly one of two things, one that either Florence might've hooked up with Harry herself on the set. And that maybe that caused some drama because Olivia was also interested in in Harry and ended up actually getting with Harry in the end. I don't actually buy that theory. That one's just, that sounds like bull crap to me. What sounds potentially more plausible, but then again, I guess you, depending on what you want to buy here, the other theory is that Olivia was so enamored with Harry at the time. And remember, this is at the time when there, this is an affair because Olivia was technically still with Jason, still technically married, hadn't actually split up at that point, at least not publicly. Uh, so you, a lot of people are just straight up calling it an affair. People are saying that Olivia was so wrapped up in that, so enamored with Harry Styles and yada, yada, 
um, that they were all fooling around a lot of the times and that some of the times, apparently, either Florence might have had to step in and fill in for some director duties and kind of handle the scene on her own and or cinematographers might have stepped in and kind of handled typical directing duties that you would think Olivia should handle. That's what people are claiming, too. That one sounds a little bit more believable to me. However, I have seen some pushback on that with people saying you guys don't know how a film set work, nothing, whatever. That would never happen without a director present. But I got to be honest, maybe it did. Again, I'm not saying Florence herself like was like or maybe she was orchestrating scenes and and um, choreo- choreography or, or a blocking or whatever. But yeah, I guess Lawrence maybe she Florence, was doing extra work. Maybe she was. Florence is I guess Just she's a little a, bit. Florence is a professional. She knows film. Yeah. She knows how to act in scenes. I'm sure she knows how to run behind the, the monitor and say, yeah, let me roll it back again. Let me see it. And knows how maybe can make some tweaks or maybe somebody and somebody else in the crew filled in for Olivia temporarily in some days or something and said, okay, Florence, we're going to film this. Olivia's preoccupied doing something else. Cause Florence is from what I've seen in the trailers, by the way, Florence has a lot of solo scenes. So it's possible that while Florence yeah. is doing these solo scenes, Harry and Olivia are off banging somewhere in a trailer or something. I could totally look. And I, again, this is all gossip. We don't know if it's yeah. founded at all. I should I should clarify that. Yeah, but I'll be honest that. with you, this whole saga, even from the get-go and the very nature of how Olivia got with Harry, it's very mm-hmm. much so, it's very much like whirlwind romance type stuff. And when you start getting into whirlwind romance territory, things get a little crazy sometimes. And I could totally see that happening here. So if there is any truth to that, I mean, again, we who knows what exactly may have spawned this, but I think nobody can deny that Florence Pugh does seem to have an aversion to this movie right now. She doesn't want to seem to want to talk about it. Doesn't seem to want to really promote it. The funny thing you kind of touched on this, they are going to Venice, I believe this week or maybe next um, to actually Um, next, next month. Oh, is it? Okay. So they're going to Florida. They're going to Venice, uh, the Venice film festival next month where this movie is going to be screened and they're all going to hit the red carpet. It's confirmed uh, that they're all going Olivia, Harry, Florence, all the main actors. Yeah. 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 Everybody. They're all going out there and people are saying they're going to be watching that. They're going to see they're yes. looking for body language because basically people are saying you cannot deny when there's an actual issue. And they're going to there's going to be people are going to be sleuths on this and trying to see and read if there's actually a problem or not. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens to that. My quick take on this is, first of all, I, I can totally buy that second theory that that may have actually happened. And I could totally see Florence being sour about it. And if she is in fact sour, honestly, I'm not going to knock her. She has maybe, again, assuming what has been described is in fact true. I could see Florence kind of holding a grudge against Olivia and frankly, rightly so. Um, And look, and this is all about professionalism, et cetera. Again, if these rumors and this gossip is true, that Olivia was kind of abandoning some of her directing duties at, at certain points in the shoot, I got to say, shame on her. I already kind of had I already kind of had it out for her, frankly, on how I, I feel like she did Jason, a.k.a. dirty. Uh, and this mm-hmm. adds just an extra layer of resentment against her. And I don't even know the woman, but I got to be honest. You hear these things, you start forming opinions. And again, if any of this is true, tisk tisk on Olivia Wilde. I got to say, and good for Florence Pugh for sticking it to her. And again, there's also there's levels to this, too. She's with Zach Braff, Zach Braff's friends with Jason Sudeikis. Like, who knows? how deep this actually goes. You know what I mean? Um, but I love the fact, I love the pettiness. I love the pettiness of Florence Pugh like, didn't, for refusing to acknowledge Olivia Wilde, refusing yeah. to acknowledge this film. It is freaking awesome. I love the pettiness. That's all I'm going to say about that. What, do, what What's your take on it? 
Okay, so honestly, I kept nodding my head because I literally, you were like saying things I literally have on my notes and on nice. my thoughts. Like, I mean, I don't want to like pit two of them against each other. Like, I'm, I'm all for yeah, 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 blah, right, blah, blah. right. But I like Olivia Wilde as like, like I loved Booksmart. Like, I'm looking forward to this film, and I do like Harry Styles. However, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I already kind of had a sour taste in my mouth with the whole Jason Sudeikis thing because I love Jason Sudeikis. So right. kind of how that apparently went down. Um, already maybe kind of like kind of met towards her yeah and then i freaking i'm a huge florence Pugh stan i think she's right. so talented i is so i i love i love her like i think yeah. she's so awesome and even just something she was social when she had like her showing and she just like shut down these freaking haters and stuff like that like she's a badass i'm sorry like she's a badass she and i i love that she kind of was just like you know what i'm still upset about this whatever happened obviously something seemed to have happened and she's just like, I'm just not going to acknowledge you. Yes, we'll have right. to go to this film festival together and we'll see what happens there. Um, but I'm on Team Flow. If there are t- if we are taking sides, I'm Team Flow yes. all the way. And I feel like, but I also think that there could be more to this because right. I think Florence wouldn't have, you know, been, it has to be even more than the rumors are. Like there had to have been even more stuff that happened because I agree. the fact that she's like really like, specifically going out of her way to not promote this film and promote these other ones really makes it seem like there was even more to the story that we don't know about. But I definitely think that something happened for sure. And I'm, like you said, when it comes to Venice, it's, I just double checked. It's end of August, early September. Um, Very interested to see what it's going to be like on that carpet. If they're going to be doing press, I'm assuming they'll be doing press. Kind of just, are they going to, how are they going to pair people together? Is she going to be by herself? Um, but even just the carpet, like when they take a group photo, like, is yeah. it, is, you know, are they going to be there? Like, is it going to be awkward? And right. if people are probably going to be yelling for them to take photos together. So like, oh my God, it makes me like cringe, but I'm also like excited about it. You, we, it's, it's one of those things. It's like a train wreck that you just have to watch yes. as, as it's unfolding. Uh, yeah, and I, so, I agree. So, and I do agree that there, I, if something foul did in fact happen, it might've, it might've been actually more foul than we perhaps know or what the rumors are yeah. suggesting. Because again, Florence Pugh seems like a relatively nice person, reasonable person, professional. Yes. And I got to imagine if she's mm-hmm. acting like this, it's not for no reason. You know what I mean? Something that yeah. might've happened. And th- again, the last thing I'll say about this before we move on, you know, and I know this, I, I, I know you like Harry Styles. He's not my cup of tea, but this is what happens. I'm again. not like a diehard this fan. Is what I happens. like him. This is what happens when you get involved with like, you know, these young whippersnappers and these these hot shots like Harry Styles who thinks he's the shit and blah, 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 blah. This is what happens. You lose sense of your professionalism. You get you start acting like a child. And now this happens. Anyway, I'll leave it there. Uh, we're going to move on. Like you said world win romance. That's what I'm saying. You can't you can't you can't be a te- you can't be a teenager in your 40s. I'm sorry. Moving on to our next segment. This is what you see, what you think. We have got to talk about Nope. It is. It, yes. it, it came out this weekend. It was the biggest movie this weekend. It, it was number one at the box office. Forty-four million domestic debut. Not mm-hmm. as high as Jordan Peele's last one, which was Us, which was like significantly higher at like seventy something million, I believe. But still pretty strong. Pretty strong compared, especially in pandemic times. Very strong opening yeah. film, especially for an original screenplay, which is what this was. Uh, as, you know, something not tied to like a franchise or uh, an existing IP a sequel. Exactly, like it's, it's yeah. an original, and it did very well. Um, it still has a ways to go to make its money back, but I think it will. Look, 
I got to be honest. I loved it. Jordan Peele is a, is frankly a, a horror genius. And I'm not saying he's like up there next to John Carpenter or anything like that. He has a long way to go in my opinion before he starts reaching that level, but he's getting there. He is, he's laying the groundwork to reach that level. I think he's, he's just such an interesting filmmaker. I love his style, but more importantly, I love, I love the themes like Jordan, Jordan Peele. You could tell that his, his movies make you think. And the, what I kind of, walked away from this movie thinking was it's a thinker. It's a thinker of a film. Mm-hmm. It's layered. It's rich with con with subtext and a lot of themes. And a lot of stuff is not just spoon fed to you and easily laid out. By the way, sorry, Logan Paul, that you didn't understand it. You didn't like it. You're an idiot. Uh, this movie was fantastic. <laughs> so hoping that you'd bring yes. that up because I'm. I no. I mean, I, I got to point that out because yes, like I'm sorry that Jordan Peele is a little too sophisticated for you to understand. <laughs> but not everything has to be spoon fed to you. Not everything is laid out so easily. Sometimes you have to think a little bit and go a little deeper than what's on the screen. And that's exactly what this film requires. It's about seemingly on the surface, it's about like an alien that's going around sort of abducting people slash eating people. And that, that's really what it's about. And frankly, at its core, the reason I loved it too, it's a very, it's very much so a throwback in the sense of good old fashioned monster movies, Jaws, King Kong, the blob world, of the worlds. Like it's like a monster movie, right? Where like this impending doom leers over the entire movie. That's very much what this was. And I loved all the alien chasings and everything. Um, but beyond that, there was more that I was talking about because um, it was talking about I, one of the themes that it touched on that I kind of perceived was, and I read, I'm not going to lie. I, I read some follow-up pieces on this, like some think pieces. Oh, I read a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And too, like, so, it, it yeah. kind of, it kind of crystallized my thoughts on it. And one For of the sure. themes that it really hits on is the idea of spectacle. And as what, what mm-hmm. we, as a society and culturally as a society that we are obsessed with the, the nature of spectacle these days, everything has to be made into a spectacle. Everything has to get on camera. We're almost like living our existence through different mediums. These days, we're hardly living yeah. real life existence. We're experiencing our lives in the world through phones, through screens. And you can kind of see that in the movie. Like the fact that, um, Steven, Steven, Jung, uh, Steven, um, what's his name? The actor, yeah. uh, Steven young, he, he, his yeah. character, his character runs this little amusement park kind of thing in the middle of the desert. And he, he is, he has tried to capitalize on this UFO and he exploits the animals by trotting them out into the desert. He puts on a big show for people. He charges them good money for that. He's like, look, I'm going to show you these animals get swept up by this UFO. They get eaten. So he's trying to exploit the spectacle, which is ironic because his character, as we see in the film was part of a, a terrible, a terrible tragedy which also had to do with spectacle among it's, it has to do with this case character as a former child star. Uh, it was part of a nineties, a fake nineties sitcom. And throughout the film, they show you flashbacks of what happened. Essentially. It's like this monkey It's called Gordy's home. It's eventually, it's about a family that has like a pet chimp. That's like part of their family. And he does like human type things. And apparently during one of the shoots in the movie, the monkey loses his mind. It starts ripping people's faces off. It starts attacking people, killing people. It's a very disturbing scene or uh, several scenes. I should say it's like multiple scenes, but very disturbing. And Stephen Young's character as a kid, he's watching the horror unfold in front of him. And yet, even as an adult, even despite all that trauma, you would think that he would want nothing to do with that. I'm never going to make a spectacle of anything ever again. And yet, he does. And I think that speaks to like human nature. He capitalizes on it. He capitalizes exactly. on his trauma. Exactly. It's so bizarre. It's, it's not yeah. bizarre. Like it's, it's actually fascinating that he, despite the childhood trauma that this character goes through, he turns around as an adult tra- and capitalizes on it and becomes the exploiter himself again. 
Once again, he's the yeah. exploiter. You know what I mean? So just so such a fascinating concept. In fact, speaking of Gordy and this monkey, Jordan Peele, he has he has really laid out, rolled out a very good campaign, a marketing campaign around this movie. Oh, he, he, he put out it's he put out again this in the in the movie. He creates like a fake old 90s sitcom. And as the movie was coming out, he put out a fake intro to that fake sitcom, if that makes sense. And it looks very real. Let's actually watch a little bit of that. It's it's really well done. So there it is. And that just goes to show you how intricate this film really is and how much work that Jordan Peele put into it. He really wanted to create this world, if you will, within the film. And he did that. And there's Stephen Young's character as a kid. Again, he he witnesses this crazy like massacre that the monkey does on the set while they're filming the sitcom. And again, he grows up and turns around and does the exact same thing. He's once again exploiting animals, animal cruelty again. And then he suffers the consequences. Spoiler alert he and his entire theme park get eaten up by the UFO. It's crazy. And then the last theme I'll, I'll touch on before I pass it off to you, Paige, because I'm talking a lot here, is the theme of um, Black history. Black history being usurped and stolen mm-hmm. and forgotten by white America. And that ha- that's that's touched on a lot in this film. Uh, there's a little TMZ moment. I'm not going to spoil it for people. It's actually kind of interesting, but essentially... As Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya's characters are trying to document, because their whole the whole premise is they want to capture the UFO, they want to get a foot footage of it. That's kind of the whole movie. They're trying to capture they this UFO. Save their ranch. They want right. They want to, to save their ranch. Um, make some of themselves. Yeah. Yes. And along the way, as people start kind of hearing about a potential UFO out there, they start coming out. They're trying to capture it themselves, and you could see Kiki Palmer desperately trying to say, "No, no, no, this is for us." So it's kind. Of, I I saw that. I was like, okay, that's her. Like subliminally or not, she's trying to trying to keep I'm this is us you can't take this from us we're gonna do this so it's such a such a fascinating movie so many layers I absolutely loved it what would you think of it well we actually have a fun fact about that part that our right we do we do about. yes so Liam shout out Mar- Liam Cadotton <laughs> shout out Liam um he actually I went to the movies yesterday and I posted on my Instagram story and he goes oh I have a fun fact and I was and he sent it to me and I was like oh my god I got this to Fabian yeah, yeah. so basically the name of the TMZ character um his name's Ryder Moy Moybridge. Yeah. And that's a, that's his actual IMDb. Became, that's his IMDb character like name. Character name yes. in the credits. Yeah. Right. In the credits. So like you don't know his name in the in the movie. Right. Um, so in the beginning, talking about um how they highlight how white men were taking credit for things that black men did. You know, the first um the man that photographed uh the first image of a black man on a horse. Yeah, the first the, the very the, actual, the first motion picture first is what it was. Motion right. picture. Right. So the guy on the horse was always like nameless, but then like M and OJ, so Daniel Kaluuya, sorry, Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya's characters, they're the descendants of the guy on the horse yes. in the film. Yes. So um, the guy that photographed the black man many years ago in, in the film, his name is, he's a Moybridge as well. Mm. So the TMZ guy is a descendant of Moybridge. So it kind of wow. shows that, that 
that he was trying he was trying to credit he was cut like he was his ancestors did exactly from the he was cut he was basically yeah. coming does in that make sense i was, was like trying to work it does that basically the ancestor <laughs> yeah. of the guy who initially took credit and from or right from way back in the day his his great 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 grandson or whatever came and did try to do the exact same thing to kiki palmer exactly. and daniel on their ranch by rolling up saying where's the ufo was like trying to film it Spoiler alert, he dies too. He gets what come, he gets what's coming to him. I agree though. But yeah, like I mean, just so that's what I'm saying. So many layers to the Jordan Peele yeah. phenomenon. Just such a a brilliant mind, in my opinion. But yeah, like I mean, what what else? What what was your other takeaways so, from it? I should have to say that horror films are like hard for me to watch. Like I've mentioned yeah. this many times. That genre is hard for me. Um, but like alien sci-fi, like monster scary, those are like definitely the easiest. Yeah. Um, so I was scared, but I definitely enjoyed it i thought it was exactly what you said i thought it was so thought-provoking and i was like just the whole way they presented the theme of spectacle as you mentioned was just wild and how people you know are willing to die like the cinematographer i forgot the actor's name with the really iconic voice um the one that was like i gotta get the shot he like gets spoiler alert gets sucked up he's like it's like okay here's the footage you know right people are willing to die to get this footage of this amazing spectacle right and i have to say the gordy massacre was definitely the scariest scariest part in my opinion but there were a lot of people in addition to the claustrophobia moment as people were calling it when they when the the amusement park guests are sucked up um that was definitely a little creepy too but i have to say the whole cast was amazing because since you yep. talked mainly about um, Jordan Peele, I want to talk about Kiki Palmer, man. Kiki yeah. Palmer was a standout in this film for me. She was. I, th- I already thought she was very underrated, but man, I think she, this is an Oscar worth. I think she deserves some Oscar buzz. I thought she was phenomenal in this film. Um, I, I mean, Daniel was great too. Yeah, Daniel's yeah, awesome, yeah. but she carried. I think she carried this film. She did. And, um, her character had more of like, I feel like much more of an, of an art kind of like, you know, she kind of was kind of wanted to get away from the family business and stuff. And then she kind of became like enthralled in this, um, right. like, trying to document this, the UFO monster thing. Um, but I will say like, I agree. I loved how thought provoking was. I was walk, I was driving home and I'm thinking, I'm like, what did that mean? What did that mean? And, yeah. and all of that. And it stays, and it stays with um, you a little bit. It stays with you. Definitely. Like it's, I mean, mm. I watched it yesterday and I definitely haven't stopped thinking about it. Right. I mean, I think, um, something that someone pointed out, cause I, since, um, I have, when it comes to overthought, overall thoughts, the film, I definitely agree with you. So I, one other thing I wanted to mention, another fun thing that I noticed talking about hidden meetings and stuff and in theories, because again, I read several pieces as well. Yeah. And something that someone pointed out. So, you know, in the, in the movie, when Daniel Kluya's character, OJ finds out that like you, you won't get sucked up if you don't look up, if you don't right. look, up, look at it in the eyes. Right. So they were thinking, um, about the Gordy massacre. Cause there are some people who are like, well, how does this really relate to the UFO? How does it relate to the alien? Like how da 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 da. And some people pointed out that the whole point of obviously had to do with Jupe's character with Steven Yen's character. Right. But the fact that he was spared when he was a kid from the chimp spared him. He did. But people think because there was a tablecloth and he looked at him through the tablecloth, not right in oh, the eye. Yes. That, that even, spared wow. him. Oh, I saw that and I was like, see, honestly, that, that, no, you're right. Because it was, he was looking at Gordy through the veil of the, of the tablecloth, of the like tablecloth. I did not think about that. Yeah. So people are like, that's how he probably survived. And then the whole thing about his, and then ironically, as an adult, he, there was no veil there. He was just looking straight. Yeah. And and he died. And, about him, how about Jupe specifically about Stephen Yen, who also was amazing in this film. He they was were saying like maybe as a kid, 
he thought he was special because he survived. And then he yeah. kind of like, he always thought he was special. And then he kind of, again, capitalized on his trauma, as we mentioned. And, and you know, just, you know, animal cruelty. Capitalism, like, right, everything. Yeah, totally. Um, but obviously he wasn't <laughs> special. He maybe just was lucky to like not have seen the the monster or the chimp through the, in, in the eye, which 100%. I thought was fascinating. So I had to mention that. No, for sure. That's, in, that's fast. I didn't even think about that. That's such a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, I think we're both kind of saying the same thing. So many layers to this movie. So well written. And I agree. Kiki Palmer truly was a standout. I don't want to get into the whole Zendaya Kiki debate that happened no, this not- weekend. But what I will yeah. say is, first of all, I do agree that Zendaya has certainly benefited from colorism. And I think she'd be the first person to acknowledge that. That's a shame, unfortunately. But with that said, I'm glad that Kiki Palmer did come out, defend herself, defend her accolades, and and basically was proud of her accomplishments. It's like, I'm the shit. I'm Kiki Palmer. And I agree. She is the shit. She is Kiki Palmer. She's been doing this a long time. But frankly, I'm hoping that this movie truly breaks her out into the mainstream where she belongs. She's a she's a bona fide movie star. This movie proved it. Um, and the movie was just great all around. I highly recommend everybody go see it. It, it was and and it was it was fantastic. I know we're out of time, running out of time here, but last thing I want to note is I, I've watched this so much of this press tour. I was like obsessed with this press tour. The, right. the cast is just incredible. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that um, a lot of people, another theory real quick, people were saying and that Jordan Peele confirmed it was that Nope also um, just coincidentally. And in addition to just being like someone being like, Nope, Nope. When they're scared. Right. It also means um, not of planet earth oh yes yeah yeah that's right it's like a little yeah. acronym kind of thing no and not he, a planet and he earth mentioned that, and he and it was an interview with him and kiki for dime db and he, he admitted to that and kiki was like what like she was like so shocked so again so many hidden meetings and everyone's a lot of hidden meetings think about it and look it up and just really just do a deep I dive on this one because it's like, yeah i i agree i yeah. want to see it again but it's definitely worth the dive and i, I jordan peele really is carving out a lane for himself and i'm just so impressed so anyway, with that, we are going to leave with you guys. Thank you for tuning in with us again. Uh, we're Stream us. We're on Spotify, Apple. We're on Me- uh, High Heart. We're on YouTube. We're on the website. Uh, we'll check in with you guys next time. Again, if there's any meaningful comments, we'll go ahead and shout them out. Uh, of substance, comment on what we're actually talking about, and we will try to like shout you out. Uh, and yeah, in the meantime, we'll, we'll catch you guys next time. See ya.